Hey, welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by Cassidy Travel, Ireland's number one travel agent. Check out CassidyTravel.ie and the email address in the bio below on YouTube or our podcast for some great offers and also to contact Cassidy Travel if you're interested in going on a holiday. Some people are back from a holiday, some people aren't. Uh, Michael McQuaid, Brian O'Leary, <laughs> Mark Cockerell. Let's just start off with this, lads. Honest to God. We're never getting sponsored by EasyJet, lads. I'm not, I'm not having it. This is a joke. I'm, I'm still in London. This is an actual joke. And, like, the Vikings and the Saints are home, and I'm not. Uh, Brian, how's the form? You all right? I'm good, Michael. Yeah, it was an enjoyable day yesterday. I'm nah. yeah, quite tired, but, but thankfully I am home. I did joke with Colin in the airport last night when we saw the uh, the Vikings and the Saints players all packing their bags. And, like, last year when me and Mark saw the Dolphins players coming through, they were all... Similar scenario, getting ready, quick, get on that plane as quickly as possible and get out of here. And I think it's, well, I feel, I felt for you today when you told us the news that you're stuck in London. I'm sure you could be stuck in worse places than London. I like Dublin know. 4, Dublin, Dublin 3. That was a joke. My, that was a joke. Michael, Hello, Mark. Michael, I've got back from the US quicker than, sorry, a bit too loud. I got back quicker from the US than you've got back from London. That's a little bit disconcerting, to say the least. Okay. Uh, well, what Brian was talking about was we came in to Stansted last night and uh, yeah, I had caught a few of the Saints players coming in. I'm sure you last seen them going to security as well. And then the Vikings came in about 35 minutes after. And at that point, I thought Everham was, was sweet. Everham was rosy. Got to uh, the end of the Packers-Giants game, or not the Packers, yeah, Packers-Patriots game, which I hope we're not talking about. There's no need to talk about that game. Zap. Um, and thought Everham sweet. Woke up at five o'clock and I'm still here. So hopefully don't, I'll get home tomorrow morning. But uh, yeah, an eventful day in London. Don't worry about it, Michael. We won't talk about the Packers-Patriots game then. We'll spend extra time talking about the Broncos-Raiders game. Just for you. Don't worry. Whatever you want. Uh, okay. So let's kick off, obviously, London. Um, we'll start off with that there. The Vikings uh, just about get the win over the Saints in, frankly, what was an interesting finish to the game. I would put up the video that I have. Uh, of the double doink at the end I just tweeted it out there now if anybody wants to check it out I didn't see the double doink there was a big big fat man in front of me and um, <laughs> I didn't see it so I all I seen was the reactions from the players and obviously knew that the Vikings won sprinted down to the presser um, out comes Kirk Cousins and I checked my phone and there's been a double doink uh, Brian let, let's, let, let's be clear here I, I, a really really good day in London but a very poor game through three quarters. Very, very poor. In my opinion, one of the worst games we've had in London for a long time until the fourth quarter. And I can only imagine that we're going to have a classic this weekend because the Giants haven't got a quarterback. The Packers can't score. So if things can only get better. It's going to be good fun. Their air quarterbacking playing this Sunday, Michael. Don't worry about it. Um, I do agree with you. Um, I had a lot of people text me today saying, fantastic game. You must have really enjoyed it. But I was going to say, well, I'm not sure what game you're watching for for large parts, because until 11 minutes 15 to go in the third quarter, we didn't really see any massive plays of, of note. And then Jefferson break free for 20. And we touched on it in the press conference. We asked the question of Kevin O'Connell, you know, did he change the, what, in terms of the schemes? Did he change anything up to get Jefferson more involved in the game? Because, you know, for two and a half quarters, he was kept in check very well by the Saints defense. The Vikings have found a way to win, and Kirk Cousins has found a way to win. But, um, I thought there were some dubious play um, flags on the Saints defense, and overall, I felt the Saints were the better team on the day. And I thought Dennis Allen coached a 
pretty strong team. And Jeff Duncan said yesterday that they would need a strong performance from the defense. And it looked like that was the way. And they found a way to get themselves in front late on with the touchdown from Taysom Hill. And then obviously the two-point conversion to Landry. But it wasn't a big, it's a big win for the Vikings. I mean, despite what we may think of this Vikings team in terms of how erratic they can be, they are three and one with a game against the Bears this weekend. And they could go far and one. They'll be challenging the Packers for the division. So big win for them. They, the kicker obviously has been given the game ball, have missed an extra point to get the game winner. It's, you know, for, it's a big one for him to get that off his back as well. Mark, a uh, hell of a game you missed. Andy Dalton going up against Kirk Cousins in the uh, efficiency bowl. Um, it look, it, it was all right. It was great. It was great crack to back in London again. Obviously, so much crack that I'm still here. That's the last time I'm going to joke about that. But. Um, the Vikings are in a good position now because the Packers, as far as I'm concerned, as it stands until I see them at the weekend, I'm not that fussed on their offense and they've got a real opportunity now. They've beat the Packers in Minnesota week one. If they can beat them in Lambeau and get through the season, they have a real chance of winning this division as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I mean, Aaron Rodgers himself has said that their offense is unsustainable. They can't keep winning games this way. Uh, they're putting too much pressure on their defense. So he'd admit as well uh, for the Green Bay Packers that improvement is possible and desirable there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you guys. This there wasn't a great game by any stretch of the imagination. There was a horrible moment there. It looked like we might have more goals in the Manchester Derby than would have points in this particular game. Um, but, you know, it was what it was. It was an efficient game. The 31st game ever to be played in London since the 2007 series started. Uh, and next week, Michael, the 32nd game, we finally welcome the 32nd team to uh, the UK because the Green Bay Packers will finally make the trip. And the first ever game between two teams with winning records. So when you talk about the quality of the game, I mean, it's going to be up there because they're two teams that lead in their divisions well, at the moment. So that's going to be exciting to see. That's that, that goes into my next point, lads. And I'll start with you, Brian. Like The play on average in the league this year has been poor. That these two teams that are coming in, in the, in the way that they've played in the first three weeks... Um, have both got winning records. I mean, fair, fair play to them they have, but like, let's single out the Packers here. If the Packers are playing an, an efficient team last night with a quarterback and not somebody that had some sort of laser for a name, they would have won. You know, or sorry, they, they would have lost. Like, genuinely, I, I really feel like that. So, I'm, I, th- I think for a neutral, it's, it's enticing because as Mark said, Packers coming in to London for the first time, all the hoopla around that there, but also... They're under serious pressure now to, to get the get, to get the offensive gauntlet down and somehow find a way to score three or four touchdowns against the Giants and something that I would have said at the start of August. I don't think I don't I don't think I would have said it. I, I'll say it now. I can't see it happening, which is um, nuts. I would. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't want to get too much in the game. So what I would say is right now the Giants' defense is I put up there probably one of the best defenses in the league and that's quite surprising. Bear in mind some of the talent in which they have the team. They're certainly paying. Playing above their level, Rick Martindale has done a fantastic job already. I mean, the first game, they, they only gave up 20 points. Second game, they gave up 16 points, 23 against the Cowboys. And again, okay, the Bears are a bit, you know, let's be fair, but they still didn't give up a touchdown in the entirety of the game yesterday, held in the four field goals. Defensively, they're playing very strong. But look, it's going to be, we can argue the test around the Packers. The reality is, Rogers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he does have talent there. I know we're going to get into the, that game later on, but in fairness, what I would say is, and I, and I, I hold my hands up because I felt the Packers would win this game comfortably. Um, Bill Belichick, you know, kudos to Bill Belichick because he can just game manage. Um, 
he knows how to get. No matter what the situation, no matter what the scenario, no who to play and who's in the quarterback, you know, he can manage a game. And that's really interesting. He managed the game to, to an extent where in overtime, with the ball at the 50-yard line, it says they only need probably 15, 16 yards to be in an opportunity to uh, kick a field goal. But I think they ran out of plays. They ran out of plays, unfortunately, you know, the, 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 what they could scheme to get into that position. But, uh, yeah, I do I do feel the Packers are struggling offensively and we haven't seen the best of them. And we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic on Sunday about how explosive they can be against a defence that, for a large part of the season, has been very strong. Mark, can I just jump on something here? And we'll maybe try and move on after this game. So get your point in as well, if you want. Um, obviously, Vikings were great. Very, very impressed with O'Connell and his presser yesterday. Also impressed with how much they gave access to... The pressers. It was funny because I was talking to Will Gavin before the show when he was in the uh, changing rooms, and we got more access in the press conference than they all got. So the Vikings were very, very good in that sense. One thing that the Vikings done different to the Saints was they came in on Friday, the Saints came in on Monday, and every other team apart from the Broncos now in three weeks' time are coming in on the Friday. Broncos coming in the Tuesday. Um, do you think that's an issue for teams? Do you think the Friday factor is good for them, uh, or do you think it doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form because? It was a double doink, which stopped overtime yesterday. <laughs> um, I don't know, to be absolutely honest with you. I mean, all the teams are doing their own sports science in relation to it, the impact on sleep, the impact on diet. That was one of the biggest pushes for the first number of years when people were in coming over to London. I remember one year, I think, the Jags brought over their own toilet roll as well as their own personal chefs. Um, I mean, these guys analyze it to the nth degree. Um I I just think it's going to be a little bit about personal preference and a little bit about what the teams want to set up. I know the Vikings gave personal day off during the week before they went and traveled. So they kind of saw that, hey, give the guys a bit of space, give them time, and then we're just going to treat it like a long-distance trip. We're going to go on the Friday, get their practice on Saturday, hit the game, and then almost get them back in on the uh, early Monday morning before body clocks are gone all over the place. Um, we sometimes talk about the West Coast traveling to East Coast and the difference that has for a 1 p.m. start. Like, bear in mind, these guys are basically kicking off on the 9.30 a.m. East Coast start. So, you know, I'll leave that to their doctors and, and things to make the right decision. But you're right, Michael. I mean, there but for the grace of God. Like, this is a very fine line. I know we'll come back to the Packers later on. There's definitely other things we can say about them. Um, uh, not all bad Packers fans. Not all bad, actually. I'm going to give you a good comparison you'll like later on. But if this, if you know, the, the border bounced the other way, we'd be sitting here talking about how the Vikings 2-2, two and two, they're squandering another opportunity. They had a great opening day victory and now they're throwing it away. And equally, we'd be kind of lauding how the Saints are somehow still in the battle. Um, you know, breath of a wind. Will Lutz kicked an amazing 60-yarder. Um, only a few moments ago, obviously, if the 61 had gone over, we'd have been saying, hey, that's the first time anyone's ever kicked two 60-yard field goals in the same game. Unbelievable. At sea level, you know, with no natural elements to help him, not a breath of wind. Um, instead, we found out that his range at sea level is about 60.9 yards, not quite 61. You know, small, small margins. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about this Buffalo Bills Baltimore Ravens game. Uh, twenty three to twenty, the Bills get the win. Um, John Harbour, gents, made two very interesting calls in the game, and I feel like he's not getting called out enough for it on national media today. I, I feel if it was a certain coach in different teams that they'd be hounded. 
granted there's some things being said about him but I feel when you've got Lamar there things are a bit quieter than what they you know, expect to be uh, late in the third quarter the Ravens had quite a good drive going Jackson looked like he had got down scrambled for a first down and um, was ruled to be short Harbour challenged to play they would go for it in fourth and down and getting it but they wouldn't get any points and the fourth and down Harbour situation is uh, is just likely all the time with four minutes remaining the Ravens um well, the whole four thing. You know what, Brian? I'll just get your thoughts on this. This was bananas. What the hell was going on? I, I genuinely feel like I'm getting annoyed even thinking about what John Harbour done yesterday. And I, I can understand why uh, players were getting pissed off. And fair play to them for standing up to them because it shows you how crazy it was at the end. I think it's a it's a frustrating thing because we've seen this quite a few times now with the, with the, uh, with the Ravens in terms of trying to be too clever and leaving points on the field in different games last season, even the season before that. And uh, it's a bit unusual because I can understand the narrative as to why he's gone for it on fourth down because he's thinking in his own head, the worst case scenario is here, we're going to give the Bills the ball to the yard line because essentially he's probably thinking Lamar will realise if I can't get a score, just get rid of the ball. Um, you know, don't don't put it into it. And, and he chose it up to in the end zone when there's two defensive players there surrounding I think it was Mark Andrews who only who was held for 15 yards yesterday, but two receptions, so he didn't have a strong game. They probably felt, well, you know, we, it's not the end of the world to let them start the two yard line. They're going to have to drive a, a long way to get a score. But the the double whammy was the end of getting the ball to 20, which is a lot more approach. But bearing in mind the Bills' second half was a lot more um, aggressive and better compared to what they were in the first half. I mean, it was 23 at one stage in the first half. But Harbour's comments after the game are a little bit strange because he sa- essentially what he says is, "I didn't trust my defense." to uh, not allow the, the Bills to get down and score a touchdown, which is why we had to go and get a touchdown of our own. So worst case scenario, the game goes to overtime. But on the previous, but if you look at the, the Bills on the, tri- the three drives pr- prior to that, touchdown, field goal, and a punt. So they had held them on the previous drive. So why didn't they have the confidence again for his defense to hold them again? It was a wet weather. The, the weather was adverse. You know, what's to say there wouldn't be a, you know, a fumble? Things wouldn't go right for the Bills. So I can understand it's a, it's a different game. And they've had a 17 point lead which has been whittled away by the Bills, and look, the Bills have won the best in the league so far. Look, they'll always come back. But they also had that scenario a couple of weeks ago where they allowed a big 28-point lead to be taken away by the Dolphins. Again, two home games. So I can understand why Ravens fans today are a bit disgusted. Like, take the points, live for another drive. You know, again, the psyche may change. You know, again, if it's three points, maybe the Bills won't be as aggressive on the drive. Maybe they'll be conservative. Maybe they'll be happy to take uh, overtime. You know, but it's a lot, it's one that's got away from them again. Mark, um, talking and, and we Brian mentioned there about the comebacks that the the Ravens have allowed over the over the course of the season so far. Four weeks in, um, for them with that offense that they have, not to score any points in the second half is pretty unforgivable, isn't it? Like, of course, the defense can let points in, and when you go up against Josh Allen in that Buffalo offense, you'd be forgiven for letting in thirty. Never mind twenty three. Uh, so for Lamar Jackson to have the season he's had so far and then not score any points in the second half is a bit jarring or concerning. Also, Josh Allen uh, has been 0-7 in his career uh, when trailing by 17 or more points. Uh, he became the first quarterback yep. to lead uh, such a comeback since Fitzpatrick done it in 2011. Not bad. 
No, not bad. Biggest, biggest obviously comeback as you're calling out of his young career so far. And, and maybe you'd say that's the one thing the Bills have been missing or Josh Allen's been missing is, you know, the comeback in a game that wasn't expected. I know I, know I only called it out the other week uh, when they lost to the Dolphins. The Bills don't win those one-score games. They won their last 20 games by 10-plus points. They haven't won a game by less than 10 um, for over two seasons. So maybe this is a great sign for Bills fans that, do you know what? This team's got a bit of dog in them as well. They're going to eke out the close, tight games where you need that little bit of calmness, that serenity, uh, even when the chips are down, that big comeback. And then when the plays really matter in the fourth quarter, making the right decisions, making the big play like the inception, not making the big mistake like the Ravens did. Uh, And you guys are rightly calling it out. Like, I mean, this isn't once for the Ravens now. This is twice. They're the first team in NFL history to lose two games in the first four weeks of the season with a more than 17-point lead twice. Um, That's not good. That's not a good reputation to be gaining in relation to it. Now, they've started so electric, you think, of course, they're going to win more than they're going to lose. That division they're in, the Steelers look putrid. The Browns don't look great, if we're being honest about it. Uh, And the Bengals maybe are getting back to themselves a little bit with a big win on Thursday night, but obviously didn't start the season so well. So you still reckon that this could be a big game come playoff time? Um, uh, that this could be a repeat later on when the you know all the chips are in, but you'd have to hope and think that Harbaugh and Jackson's decision making is going to improve because, like you say, Michael, very rightly, you know you want to get annoyed about something, Marcus Peters, get annoyed about the fact that your defense didn't get the big turnover of Josh Allen in the second half when it really mattered. Get annoyed about the fact your offense didn't score a single point. It wasn't just those two fourth down, a quarter drives; it was the entirety of the second half. Um, They're the things to really get upset about. But look, in many respects, it was a game that probably wasn't what you saw in the Vikings and Saints. They are two really good teams. And a lot of the play was exceptional, whether exceptional offense or exceptional defense. These are two heavyweights going up and a lot of really well-coached fundamental football in not great conditions. So great game to to see. Might be important, obviously, come seeding time as well for the playoffs. And yeah, Bring it on in, in January again. Love to see this one run back itself one more time. Um, any other concerns, Brian, in regards to the, to the Ravens and, and what Marcus said there? Bills ch- Bills are chipping away and they just have to get the wins in the division that they're in at the minute. And obviously now it's coming out that Tua will not play next week for the Dolphins. Let's not have a discussion around that complete another show in Miami last week, uh, especially on Thursday night. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, but there are not, there's an opportunity now for the Bills to try and win some games and get a get a lead in the East. We've seen over the past couple of years when the Ravens go up against really good teams and really good coach teams and defensively, they find ways to slow Lamar Jackson down. Like the Ravens had the ball for 28 minutes in this game, so they essentially controlled Brian Brian the whole game. But yeah, they couldn't score in the second half. And <clears throat> okay, there's a different dynamic in, in Miami, but they kept on to the same defensive staff. They found ways to slow him down as well. Like for, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. Most fans in the league would love to have him as their quarterback, but teams do find ways to slow him down, and everybody has the same footprint. They all look at the same defensive schemes and what teams are doing to find ways to, to get their way of doing it when it comes to playing. Yeah, in, injury-impacted Bill's defense again. I know we talked about that with the Miami game before, but uh, yeah, injury-impacted is worth noting as well. They found the way, as you say. 